We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Gibbon with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Go to 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After Dark. It is the Field of 68 After Dark on this Wednesday, November the 8th, 2023. It's great to have you all with us. It's great to welcome in a new member of our family this season. Josh Pastner is now a member of the Field of 68, former head coach at Georgia Tech and Memphis, multiple Conference USA championships, multiple Coach of the Year honors throughout his career, an assistant at Arizona and Memphis, playing for Coach Olson at Arizona and as a player, part of the 1997 NCAA champion Wildcats. Coach Pastner, welcome to the Field of 68. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, uh, I just want to say it's a real honor to be alongside both of you. Uh, John, you know, this is kind of our first time together and I know your work, as I've mentioned off there, you, you're a pro, you're, you've done an amazing job already. And, and, uh, uh, I think you're a high, high level guy. And, and in regards to Randolph, I've known him a long time. I think he's terrific as good of, I actually think this as good of a player as he, you know, was maybe any, I, he looks like he can still play. I don't know if he can still score it like he did back in the day, but he's actually even a better, he's, he's so good in the media He's done such a good job, and I've told him this many times, uh, both you know, when, when he's done our games and to other people as well, too. So it's a real honor um, to, to be here. Look, if, if I had a couple more Randolph Childress coaching, I might still be coaching. I wouldn't be here right now, but uh, but that's that's the you know that's that's just that's for another time and place. But uh, but it's a real honor to to be alongside both of you. RC Randolph Childress, it's great to see you. Awake for Always legend. good to see you, Peter. Always oh. good to see you, my guy. Josh, too. Josh, you know, we talk quite a bit throughout the years, and it's glad we get to have some fun and talk about the game. So, Absolutely. You know, we, we announced that Josh Pastner has become a member of the Field of 68. And so about an hour ago, I put out, we'll see you all in an hour. Big Daddy 
on X on Twitter tweeted right away. Please ask him how much for his face shield. I'm willing to dig into the coffers for that Smithsonian. I'm willing to dig into the coffers for that Smithsonian collectible. Well, here's what I would tell you. A couple things. Number one is, you know, a lot of times where I travel and doing different things, people come up to me and say, hey, man, are you, you're the coach that wore the face shield during the entire season. I'm literally known. That's my trademark is, is now is that face shield. So many people know me about that. And I, I had recommended to Georgia Tech at the time they should treat it like a NASCAR event and put like sponsorship on top of the, uh, uh, you know, the face shield at the time just to see if we could draw some more uh, opportunities for, you know, for sponsors for uh, Georgia Tech. But um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, uh, uh, that was pretty, that was a, in, a really interesting year. Um, and I told people all the time, the reason I wore the face mask, not the, the, you know, the, or the face shield, not the mask is because, you know, during that year, how many coaches would you see just have the, the mask down by the, their chin, they'd be moving up and down the, the face shield allowed you to see the whole game. You didn't have to move it up and down. And uh, I don't know if it, if it gave any protection or not, but it was allowed and it made it much more simpler to coach than having to move up and down the, the mask the entire time. Even though there was plenty of times where I'd put the face shield up above my head and it would be like I would, they'd call me the, the, the dentist or the, or the welder. And I told people, hey, look, that's, a, that's disrespectful to a welder. I can barely change a light bulb in my house and it's disrespectful <laughs> to a dentist because I wouldn't know how to do any of that either. So, but I would be called the dentist, the welder, but a lot of times when I'm traveling, people know me for the, for the face shield. It, it won. It, it was Emmy award winning, and it <laughs> delivered. You you had passenger vision. You were able to see through everything instead of where. I mean, I remember seeing the the memes of of Dan Hurley had his. It was like diagonal. Yeah. You had it. You had it right on. It was crisp. It was clear. So we're excited to welcome you, Coach. Thank you for for joining us. Just think now, Randolph. Think about this. Where where I got some text messages this morning uh, from some sources. Uh, one Jeffrey Goodman said, once upon a time, Josh Pastner was, were, were you calling him at one o'clock in the morning? You, you know what, when, when I, when initially when Jeff asked me to come on uh, way back when, and he, and I was like, man, uh, uh, you know, I was hoping it started at like eight or nine. He says, no, we started at 11 Eastern. I was like, Jeff, <laughs> I mean, I go to bed, like, I mean, I fall asleep like at nine or 10, but then I'm but my problem is I'm such a bad sleeper. I get up like at like two in the morning and I can't go back to sleep. I've, I've always been a bad sleeper. So I just get up. And so, yeah, back way back in the day, I was calling Jeff all the time. Who knows? Three in the morning, four in the morning. And um, so that was a uh, yeah, I'm just a bad sleeper. So so I'm past my bedtime right now, but I'm ready to go. I drank a lot of lemonade to get to keep me going, you know, give a little sugar rush in me. So I'm, I'm all good to go. Mm. let's go let's get into this here so here's the thing tonight 29 games in total in college basketball there are a good portion of them where d1s are facing non-d1s we'll get to how you would fix opening week coming up on the show we'll also get to your all starting five now you're all americans because those could be from the same position if you've got zach Eady and armando baycott on your first team nobody's going to object to that but they both play a similar position We'll get to that. You're, you're all college basketball starting five. But we're going to start with this. Uh, we'll get to FAU in a second. I want to know from two guys, one that 
that played the game, that's been a coach in URC, and and you, of course, Josh, with your experience. I want to start with you, Randolph. I find it interesting this week, coaches are telling us as we're calling games and talking with them, forget about the opponents scouting their team. A lot of these coaches are showing up, they're wondering what they're going to get from their team because they're still trying to figure them out. You want to go ahead and start, Josh? Well, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll just say here. Here's what I would say, uh, John, to, to that. You're 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 right. Um, I I've, I've said this, and 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 I think most coaches would agree with me on this. I've been saying this for you know I was a head coach for 14 years, and I've been saying it every year. Why are we only allowed to get two scrimmage exhibition, whatever you want to call it? You know, you can do uh, one public, one private, how, or whatever. However, way you're only allowed two. There's so much time that you practice. You've got all spring, all summer, all fall. I'm telling you, you get to the middle of, you get to the beginning of October or the late September. You're even in mid that second, third week of October, man, you're just like, man, I wish we could be playing someone else. You, you have to space out your exhibition games in a sense, like almost two weeks apart just to buy time. You know, you look at the NBA, for example. I mean, how many, I mean, they, they, they start their first day of practice within three or four days, they're playing an exhibition game. They probably got, they're allowed, I think five or six or seven exhibition games. And within a couple of weeks, they're playing their first, their first game. I, they, they should allow college basketball three, four, five minimum opportunities to play somebody else. I mean, it, it, it and, and you can do it in the rules where you can't miss any class time. Hey, I mean, if, for example, if I was at Georgia Tech still, why, why couldn't we just go play scrimmage Kennesaw State or Georgia State or or Mercer and even in a closed door scrimmage? Just hey, can we just those type of things? Now, that would benefit the teams like a, for example, Michigan State would probably wouldn't would be more ready to play against the James Madison, and and so you might not have some of those early upsets if if a team like I'm just giving Michigan State as an example if they played more than two games in their opening, you know, of, a, of an exhibition. So I think for, for, for most teams, they would prefer to play more teams uh, early in exhibition to get more opportunities. But I think it does, the, the downside of that, you could lose some opportunities where a team can upset somebody because maybe that team is, is not as ready. Where I'm, I'm giving an example of Michigan State. I mean, we know they're going to be really good. We know they're good enough to win the national championship this year. But they, but they need more time. They obviously need a little more time, and and they and JMU caught them, and so that's where the benefits of having the more exhibitions. And I think most coaches would agree with that. I think you benefit from the teams that travel and take, and it's only one out of every four years you get to take that foreign tour. So those yeah. those guys who had the foreign tours, when I went around this fall and started watching teams work out, they were they were light years ahead as they should be of teams that didn't go. I mean, they had everything in, they had all their system in. So for them, they were able to break down and do different things, you know, have more inner squad scrimmages and not worry about much because they put, they had, they had their entire offense in for the summer, you know, to play all those games. So um, I, I think what Josh said is correct. If you can, if you're able to do that, I know some coaches would be a little fearful of injury, even if you put a, a, a restriction on it, you know, just in your area, everybody lives near, schools and colleges you don't even care where if you get to play four or five five different teams 
you may even say, hey, let's work on a zone segment. Let's work on it. You know, you, instead of it just being a, a game, there's there's situational basketball that you'd want to be able to work on. And sometimes you don't work on when you have a regular game scrimmage as opposed to a closed door scrimmage. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, uh, and, and you're exactly right, Randolph, you know, it doesn't even have to be division one teams. You could be, you could be, no, just, you know, exhibition or scrimmaging division two teams, NAIA teams, junior college teams, because here's what I would tell you, you know, how much time you spend on time and score and preparation uh, uh, in, you know, leading up and you're, you know, you're working on all the different things, three minutes on the clock, four minutes on the clock, two minutes on the clock, 45 seconds, down three, down two, up four, all those different scenarios. Well, you know what happens a lot of times when you're playing against your own guys and you do it over and over? A lot of times, the, you know, the guys, they know what's coming, so it's hard to always work on it to foresee it because, you you know, and you know this, Randolph, you know, as, as you know, the defense kind of knows what's coming because they know the plays. And, and so when you get to do it against other teams, even in a scrimmage or a closed-door situation and you're playing a different opponent, it's just a different feel. You have you 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 can really make mistakes and actually be more ready for the opening night and and I just think those are those are the type of things and and look I yes could coaches be worried about injuries but in Randolph you know this better than I do I mean as a player I mean you can get injured and in, I mean if you're going to compete no matter what you can get you can get injured just you know in practice in a in a funky drill and just something happens and so. Um, uh, I, I, I do think in, in college, there's a lot of time of practice against each other. And you think about it from, from the spring all the way through the first day of November 6th, you're only allowed two times, unless as Randolph mentioned, you're on a foreign tour, only allowed two times to play against somebody else. That's why John Calipari has brought up about that summer deal of those exhibitions in the summer. I don't know if you've heard, you know, he's brought that up as a you know, can they do things in the summer, sort of like the NBA Summer League, in a sense, you know, for, for college guys. Josh, I, I want to follow with this because you're coaching at Georgia Tech before this, and you're coaching during a very complicated time in college basketball. And we all are following the game daily, minute by minute, night by night, because we all live it and love it. I want to know from you, Josh Pastner, about the top, the number one topic that everybody wants to talk about in this sport right now, which is not what's happening on the hardwood quite yet. It's it's everything that happens in the last six months and the three letters that have to do with it, NIL. How would you assess the day-to-day -day NIL right now in college basketball and any tinkering that you would do to it, what the reality of the situation is for a coach? Well, I think... John, the NIL, it just is what it is. It's it the NIL is the NIL, but it's really pay for play at the level when you're dealing that in 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 college hoops. I mean, it's just a you know, it's it's gone past what what the initial part of what NIL was supposed to mean. The the theory of NIL, name image likeness, was supposed to be for think about it. So I want to use Randolph, you know, because he was, you know, just he was an elite player. So Randolph has a huge game in the ACC tournament. The NIL is there for if Randolph wants to, if a, if a car dealership says, man, can you shoot a thing on Instagram for us? Because you just had 30 in the ACC tournament. I'll give you 1500 bucks if you could put something on Instagram. 
that's what it was for. And it could be more than 1500, whatever, whatever the going rate was, or, Hey man, you want to come to a, come get a free pizza afterwards. And we're going to buy everyone a meal because we just need you to tweet out about, um, uh, you know, that you, that you're at our restaurant. We'll do that. It, it, it what, what happened from that or, or, or if somebody who's not a star player, somebody's on the, you know, who's a, a walk on or whatever it may be. And they've created an idea and a business and they've been able to maybe now market it in a way and, and be able to profit off of it. That's what name image likeness was about was made up. It has now gotten, it was, it was never supposed to be involved in recruiting. And that's where NIL has taken a whole new deal that it's all about in recruiting. It's all about more on the front end, more so than on the back end. And that's the, that is where it has completely kind of gone off the rails. Whereas on the back end, it was supposed to be about, Hey man, if you come in and produce, if we win, you know, if you're a huge TikTok star or social media star, you're going to have all these opportunities, but it's, but, but that's on the back end of things. And, and it's gotten more now it's when the recruiting game and on the front end, whether they say it's not supposed to be, it is. And that's just the reality of it. Those are the facts of it. And, um, and, you know, what has changed a lot too, John, is, and I'm just speaking for myself, you know, because I love recruiting. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people kind of complain about recruiting. I I was one of the guys that loved recruiting. Like I was loved the midnight, you know, when September 9th would come and you can be on the road recruiting. And I love to do the midnight deal where you knock on the door and doing all those things. And, you know, you're allowed seven times to go see a recruit, like, chasing a guy seven different times, just, you know, doing, meeting a guy in the airport when he's connecting through air, you know, just doing things, you know, to try to separate yourself. Those type of things have kind of got lost in the shuffle now because it's really comes more on the front end of, Hey, what's going to be my NIL opportunities. And look, I'm, I think it's great. It's deservingly. So it should be there for the, for the, for the student athletes. I think it's a great thing. Uh, I just think that it's it was initially set up for more on the back end than on the front end, and now mm. it's got a lot more on the front end, uh, more so than even on the back end. I don't know what you think, Randolph. I mean, you've you know you're talking to guys and doing games, and you know you've been on you you've been there. So, uh, you know what I have, I I'm not I don't sympathize with the, or I won't say I'm sympathetic to the situation because. If we can, if we had figured out a way to get out in front of this and avoid it getting to this point, and then now that it's here, we can't complain about it. And it's because, and you notice, know institutions are not trying to get involved in this. They're like because they didn't want to pay. It started out paying men's and women's basketball, and if you started with that, then you knew Title IX was going to come in, and then eventually you're going to have to pay every sport, and it just didn't want to do it. And if you had tried something before, you, you know, it wouldn't have got to this point. It, it just legalized all the stuff that was going on anyway. So at least shooting down, you know, it's out in front instead of guessing what was going on. That's the one positive about it. now. There's no reason to, to, to do anything illegal. It's like, look, now just put it in NIL, however you want to say it. It's the same thing that's going on. So I, I look at it a little bit differently. Uh, only because of that. And I'm never going to, you know, I'm a big proponent of the players getting money because of the effort. I mean, the amount of time and energy that they put into it. Uh, so I, could it be better? Could they change things? Yes. Will they? No. Well, and and the other thing is, uh, you're right. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's awesome for the players, uh, for the student athletes. Two things. One is um, 
as you both know, the NC2A is very, you know, they, they, they're concerned about getting sued. You know, I mean, that is a big concern. And so the only, you know, for a lot of things, you know, and you can see in a lot of these past um, lawsuits that have been challenged by the NC2A, the NC2A has lost. And, 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 and not a lot of people are aware of it. There's a big deal going in the state of California right now. Yeah. That's a big lawsuit. Because if you remember, the NIL started with a lawsuit in California. And then it kind of shifted to become a national scene. So there's a thing right now in the works in the court system in California. I won't bore everybody with it, but if if anyone has time, they want to read it, it could change the dynamics totally because it's it's a lot about distribution of TV revenue and everything. So that the NIL initially started in California in the court system. And there's another thing going on right now. But but what I'm going to say about the lawsuit is that um, unless Congress puts in something of a federal act or something yes though i don't know how much the nc2 the ncaa can really do because they'll probably lose a lot in the court battles and the second thing i just want to say on the other side of it randolph was an nba player he was an elite guy in the in college he randolph understands how it's almost impossible to play in the nba i mean he he understands it most guys coming in there's every guy's dream should be to play in the nba yes. but the reality of it is it's point zero zero i mean those guys are it's like winning the lottery to play in that league i mean it's so you how many times do you see in the in the in the in the in the you know in a g league and, and the guys are player of the years from conferences so i was just going to say that i think part of the thing also that's got lost in all this is the still the importance of the education part of of, of all this of, of going to college as well too that, but that's thrown out of the window. The, co- the, the you know, yeah. everything's money now, business. And so, but two things yeah, you said. You're right. I, I think the we make how much money does the NCAA tournament make? Poof. They, they signed a contract for over a billion dollars. Billions, yeah. right? Billions, billions, right? Yeah. Billions. Well, billions. So why can't a percentage of those billions let that be a piece of the pot that goes to the athletes? Yep. Right. So because, you're, I mean, no, you're right, Randall. And, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you one second. I'm saying the counterpart to that, what the NC2A would say is we don't make any money off of football. We make all our money off of the men's basketball tournament that no, supports no, no. the and, entire and, NCAA and all the and all that's I'm just saying that's what they would say. I'm not. No, defending no, no. Them and, at and all. I agree with you. We're not yeah, talking about the regular say. season and the money you make during the regular season and everything else. Just the tournament alone, you make billions, right? Just off the tournament right, alone. Right. So I'm just saying, like you said, off the TV deals, the schools get money now for the TV deals, which is part of this. I think we're headed to it because even when we start talking about football, they don't get football, but they're adding games in football. So now you yeah. go from you got you got the four playoff games. Now you're gonna go to twelve. You're adding more games, and you know, and I'm just using the football analogy. So if I'm a kid that I know I'm a first round draft pick, kick rocks. I'm not playing a whole season and doing all that because I'm I'm like I'm going to the league. Yep. Well said. Hey, this has been great. We got a break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get back to the state of the sport. I want to talk to you guys about week one in college basketball, what you would change if I offered you the chance to do so. And we'll get to 10th ranked Florida Atlantic coming off that magical run of the Final Four last season. The Owls opening up their season. Were they flying high in Chicago? That's next. This is the Field of 68 after dark.
College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, Heat Check CBB, and Verbal Commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. John Fanta, the newest member of our family, Josh Pastner, as well as Randolph Childress with you. And guys, let's pause for a moment on the state of college basketball and actually talk about some hoops that happened tonight. Florida Atlantic and Loyola Chicago doing battle at Trust Arena. And the Owls, they commanded the Ramblers in this one. Really a comfortable 75-62 to win in which Vlad Golden, the seven foot one big man, had 19 points, 10 rebounds, five blocks, four owls with 12 plus points. And on a night, Elijah Martin, people wondering what will he do in this game? He played 25 minutes. He shot one of eight. They didn't need him, which in a lot of ways reflects what Dusty May has been able to build and the fact he brought back virtually all those pieces from a Final Four team. Josh Pastner. Your instant reaction to FAU's season opener was? They spent a lot of time on what I watched the game on the on the uh, floor guy sweeping the floor on behind the basket, the uh, the TV thing. It was I've never been I've never watched a college basketball game and they spent more time actually interviewed this the guy sweeping the floor. Did you guys see that? I mean, I don't know if you guys I've never yes, seen that's that. That's Rico Bosco. He was sweeping the floor was, tonight. It was unbelievable, but anyway, that was that was that was the first time I've ever seen that, and uh, you know that was only only in college basketball do you get that. And then, uh, in fact, on, when they interviewed him, he threw out a couple curse words. I was like, oh my goodness, you know they didn't you know they didn't matter. But anyway, um, um, uh, but to the game, to the game, uh, I'll say a few things. I, to your point, uh, I 
John, FAU's obviously really good. They've got their whole team back. Uh, everyone, Dusty May is an excellent, excellent basketball coach. I mean, what he did last year with his team and just shows you how precious every possession is. I mean, you know, that Memphis game could have gone either way. I mean, Memphis kind of had it in control late. A couple things went didn't go Memphis's way late. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, because it easily could have FAU been gone that first round versus Memphis. And, um, um, and then, you know, Memphis playing FDU and probably would have gone to the Sweet 16. So that's just how crazy the tournament is. And so now FAU's here where they're top five in the country and, and deservedly so. They got their whole team back. But, I, I mean, I think uh, Vlad Golden's a stud. And I think defensively, I mean, a couple things. I mean, just what he did defensively, he had, he had 10 boards, but four of them offensive rebounds, uh, five blocks. I mean, just he, he was a monster in there. And then, you know, for his size, he's, you know, he's nine for 12 from the free throw line. But, but Loyola Chicago, they, they never really got in rhythm. They had 18 turnover. They had 18 turnovers. They turned it over a bunch. They only had nine assists on their made field goals. It never felt like they really got in rhythm. I thought it was close for the you know first whatever 12, 13, 14 minutes at the end of the first half. FAU made that run and they just never looked back. They're kind of their their firepower took over. Uh, the 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 their you know old them being an older group knowing how to just kind of turn it on there and. Um, you know, can FAU dominate this whole type of season? They got a heck of a non-conference schedule when you look at their non-conference schedule. It's going to be interesting because they're not they're not going to sneak up on anybody. They're going to get everyone's best shot every time. It's going to, they're going to be everyone's Super Bowl for this year. So it'll be a real interesting year if they can continue to to, you know, produce high-level wins. They're fun to watch. I, I think their culture is amazing. And we talked about this before. Being able to get those guys back, all of those guys. Talk about, we talked about NIL in the first session. All of those guys had, 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 you know, we know they had the opportunity. John L. Davis, Golden, all these guys had opportunities to go somewhere and it would have been high major guys. So credit to Dusty May and that. The fun thing about watching those guys, they're so unselfish and they, they really don't care. Even tonight, yeah. it's just the ball just moves, it pops. They're so unselfish. They're, they're just happy making plays and not making shots. And, and you can't say that about a lot of teams, a lot with a lot of guys. Collectively, they just, they just, it's just one more, one more. Coaches practices, they say it. That's just in their culture, man. They're fun to watch. And the other thing I like about them is they don't rely on all sets and stuff. He just lets, he, he teaches the, the, the best thing about them, and, and you watch them play. They don't rely on all these plays. He just puts these guys in situation and they just play. They know how to play. And I think that's what separates them from a lot of people. He'll he'll call a play out of timeout. And I'm not saying that they're not organized. You know what I'm talking about. They just know how to play basketball. You can tell they practice it. It's just it starts with that. And and I think it's why they 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 could make another deep run. I don't see why they couldn't. I mean, you always got to catch a break in the tournament. They're more experienced, they're more balanced. But the guard play is elite, and this team is connected. And you, when you got that, and you play together, and you defend, you, you, you have no limitations. Yeah, and 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 like you said, Coach May is a is you know, I mean, he's he's done an incredible job, and he's an he's an excellent excellent coach. The other thing I was going to say, what's going to be interesting with Florida Atlantic for for the entire season, because I thought this coming in with them, as you mentioned, they got everyone back. They're 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 battle tested. They're older. They got great guard play. Golden's a stud in this in the middle. 
and but as you mentioned randolph you know could they have gone all the other high majors and gotten a lot of money absolutely the keys for them is going to be maybe their greatest opponent might be florida atlantic in a sense right. that that can they stay together can are is there any that you know the nba you know thinking i've got to maybe get mine type thing any of that type of you know creep in men you know mentally how about if they go on a three-game losing streak does does anything not work so that's going to be more of probably, you know, the 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 questions because as you guys know, you're always going to hit a rough patch during a season at some part. You're going to get tested, and it's the team staying together, not splintering. Uh, will will, you know, will be able to, to to get through that that rough patch. And I think that's going to be the whole test to to FAU because they've got the pieces to make another deep run, and they've got to, you know, I mean, Dusty's a is a big time coach, obviously. And it's a great point by you on the schedule. Because, and you give an immense amount of credit to Dusty May with this slate. When you return virtually everybody from a Final Four team, you can't just play the same schedule. But he took it to a 180. I mean, they used every opportunity they could get. They're in the ESPN Events Invitational. They'll meet Butler on Thanksgiving. Then they could get, they're going to get Texas A&M or Penn State in the semis. If that's Texas A&M and FAU on Black Friday, you talk about Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford against Nick Boyd and Greenlee and Weatherspoon and the players at FAU. That, that's, that is big time, a big-time matchup there. But they're in the Field of 68 Classic, the inaugural Field of 68 Classic, facing Liberty November 30th, December 2nd against Charleston. I love that Liberty, FAU, and Charleston got that on the calendar with the Field of 68. Jimmy V Classic against Illinois. Arizona in Vegas on December 23rd. I mean, RC, how much do you love that? The, the, the willingness to say, we'll play anybody. Well, when you got a Final Four roster and you've been there and everybody's returning, you're comfortable playing anybody. So you, you, you're you taking all comers at that point. So trust me, that, that's part of it. But no, but to 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 push back a little bit of what Josh said, I think to, that's what makes them special. Because I think they answered that by not leaving. When guys didn't leave to go take money and go to a bigger school, you think you made a statement there, and I think they're they're going to rally around these games are getting them ready to finish the deal to win a championship. I think that's their mindset of let's play these teams, let's play Illinois, let's play whomever who we can play. You know, beyond we don't know when you get to the MTEs how it's going to be, but let's try to win that and play as many high major teams as we play. Are so you that when buying? We get in the tournament, are 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 RC? Are you buying? When the tournament start, I know it's hard to predict. It's a long journey, right. but I got to play right. the game here. I got to ask you the hard-hitting question right. of, are, are you buying the fact that they could be that Butler of just over a decade ago when Brad Stevens did it with continuity and, and took Butler to back-to-back title games? Can FAU, are you buying the thought of them being back-to-back Final Four team? In a, are, is FAU a legit national championship contender, yes or no? I think so because of their guard play. And Golden is legit in the middle. You got a footer in the middle that can block shots and rebound. If he can stay on the floor, they're a different team when he's not. But the guard play, they match up with anybody. And and John, let me say this. You know, one, it is I think the hardest thing to do in sports um is to win the national championship in in men's college basketball. I mean, I mean, I, I, to yes. win six games, you you know, and you're and again, you're not dealing with pros, you're dealing with, you know, young guys 18 to 23 and now now with the COVID additional year it's really 18 to 25 year olds but 
but pretty for the majority of time it's 18 to 23 year olds so um anything can happen i mean we've seen it time and time again i mean you i, I give an example of purdue last year they were i mean they've zach Eady swept all six major national player of the year awards purdue was so good yeah their guards were young they didn't shoot as well but they did they had a bad night versus fdu fdu did some different things and um and it just you know they're, they're they're home and you know it never it doesn't say road to the conference championship everything is marketed as road to the final four and so what happens is is you get lost of how hard how hard you know to to win a a true home and road conference play to do something like that is so special but then all you're really judged on is what happens in March and so it's you know FAU like Randolph said they're good enough to win the national championship but you know they have a they round of 32 they just have an off night and and they're they just aren't playing well and they go home and it doesn't mean they had a bad year or, or they're not good enough. It's just that's how that's that's how hard it is in this tournament to win it. And and and, and John, you covered the Big East, so you know the Big East better than anyone. Like UConn, you know, won six games. I mean, and they were the best team in those. But I don't think coming in before then, you, you know, they were dominating teams like they did in the NCAA tournament. They had some ups and downs too. They, they got did. a hot. That's just how, that's just. That's what's great about the sport is, but and there's so much on those six games. So that's kind of how it's just kind of sometimes the ball, you know, the, the way the ball bounces. Fellas, we got a break. After this, it's time for reaction or overreaction. We're going to have some fun. I'm going to give a take, and you're going to tell me if it's proper or not. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD200 and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when placing your first wager of at least $10 with BetMGM. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD200. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game regardless of sport. You will receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager just make sure that you use the bonus code field 200 when you sign up and remember bet mgm is now available under one wallet in select states as a new jersey resident this is super convenient for me when i have to go cover games in new york or philly when cross the state borders just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to and most importantly i gotta let you know we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. And we thank BetMGM as we welcome you back to the Field of 68 After Dark. I'm John Fanta, the newest member of our Field of 68 team. Josh Pastner is with us at Coach J. Pastor and at R22 Childress Randolph Childress RC is in the house. It's now time for reaction or overreaction, where we've got five prompts tonight. Five prompts tonight. I will list the prompt and we will ask you the guys the question. We'll ask our YouTube chat as well. Reaction or overreaction. Are we ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Coach, you're 
You're up first here, coach. Number one, Duke is the most complete team in college basketball. Reaction or overreaction? Uh, so I just got I got to because my first time doing it, so I'm just saying one of the two words and explaining why. Correct, John? Fire. Okay, I think it's I think it's not an overreaction. I think it's reaction that it's truthful. I think the I think Duke is really good. I think they're really talented. Uh, they've got multiple pros on their team, and I think and I know if you're looking at a test of an elite basketball matchup of two teams that could play for the national championship in April. They're playing on Friday uh, in Arizona versus Duke. And so we will know a lot about both teams on Friday, but Duke is as good, I think, as anyone in the country. They're loaded. They got Filipowski, who's a stud. Love him. I mean, he's big time. They got guard play. When you have, you know, look, in the end, the game's about great players, and they've got a lot of great players, and they've got more great players than a lot of, than the majority of teams, and that just right there gives them advantage. John, I'll add this. Why, why I think they're as talented as anybody's because I think they are, one, they are as versatile as any team in the country. They can, you know, I had their opening night game against Dartmouth. They can play with Filipowski at the five and put four guards around them. And those four guards could be Jared McCain. It could be uh, uh, Jeremy Roach, uh, Tyrese Proctor. And then it could be, uh, I know I'm missing it. What's the freshman guard I'm missing? Uh, Caleb Foster. Like that's the four guards they could put around Filipowski at the five. And so then they would slide Filipowski to the four. And then you could bring in Ryan Young, who's good in the post, or Christian Reeves, who they want to kind of be that, Derek Lively, defender-type rebounder. I mean, they have so much versatility. I think the problem with them, and we're not even talking about a team with the second-ranked recruiting class. You know, Sean Stewart and, and T.J. Powell, top 25 players in the country, didn't get off the bench until the game was over. I mean, those guys – and so he's in a situation right now where there's a standard he's set, and I think that's probably the best way any coach in the country would feel is when you have young guys – and you don't have to play him. They have to earn it. That's what his team is. He just has to figure out, are we going to play big? Are we going to play small? And can we can we get to a point where we play that way within a game? And everybody be happy with that. I think that's the problem. They are probably the deepest team in the country. Now, the only kryptonite is they're still relatively young. They're still led by sophomores and freshmen. And they got you know two seniors in Ryan Young and Jeremy Roach. And Shire deserves a lot of credit because, you know, obviously taking over for Coach K, it's, you know, you know, I mean, you know, we all we don't have to go on that how hard that is to do. But he there he hasn't missed a beat. I mean, he's actually recruited better than Mike Krzyzewski. He's he's recruited. He's recruited what they have recruited better with. with, and, And that's nothing against Coach K, who's maybe the greatest ever of and maybe of any sport. John Shire has actually recruited, and the Duke basketball has recruited better in the last two years than they were even with Coach K as the head coach. It's incredible. Um, and 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 so, it, and, and I'm telling you, Friday is a – because I think Arizona is really good. It's not just because I went there. or I, I just think they're really <laughs> good. They're, they're big. they got good guard play. Um, I, 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 think, I think Friday – I think Friday is going to be a – I mean, it's going to tell a lot for both teams. I think that's a monster game on Friday. Who's going to win? 
Rand, I'll go to Randolph. Oh, uh, listen, I I don't know. I think, like I said, if you're asking me right now, I, I think Duke's as talented as anybody, and it's going to be tough to go into Cameron and win. Yeah. You just don't go in there. Now, could Arizona go in there and win? They can. The The only concern that I have with, with, with Duke right now is that it's going to take time for them to figure out because they have so much talent. Right, but here's and, and what I mean by that is you got to and what I mean by that you got to deal with the how they want to play because they they want to play big because Filipowski playing the four and then them being able to play with him at the four with the other big with Ryan Young or Chris or Christian Reeves and then being able to put him at the five and him not being foul trouble and deal with that as well. But you try to match up with Filipowski at the five; he's the most skilled seven footer in college basketball. We, we have a question from the chat. Is he the next Giannis? No. Stop it. Tell, yeah. Listen, you tell Jeff. <laughs> tell Rob go to bed, man. Tell Rob take his ass to sleep. I know that's Rob. Tell Rob no, take wait. his ass to sleep. This kid's wait, getting wait, up early in the morning. Rob, go to bed. I got to ask you this, Coach Passer, because you just said that – John Shire is recruiting better than Mike Krzyzewski. It's nothing against Coach K. Nothing against no, Coach K. Yeah. What would you say, because this is always the first response on any social media. Oh, uh, John, you could go and get those kids. It's Duke. What do you say to those people right now? Well, I, I would say, yes, obviously, the, you know, there, the, he has momentum taking over for Duke. There's no doubt. Just like when I followed John Calipari at Memphis, there was momentum following uh, you know, an elite guy like John Calipari, there's momentum for John Shire following uh, Mike Krzyzewski and you're, and you're building off of that. There's, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you still got to go get the guys. You've got to connect with the player. There's, there's, you're still running the program. And so um, no, not anybody can just do that. John Shire has, you know, found a way to kind of create his niche and, and especially in recruiting. And I mean, they won the ACC championship last year and, or, 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 or uh, not, no, I'm sorry. They, what they had, they won it last year. Yeah, they won it? the ACC tournament. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah they, they did win it. it. I was going to say, because it was the first time, it was the first time, um, for, I think it was the first time for a first time coach to take over in the ACC had won the championship. I'm not mistaken, but, um, but, um, uh, it's been a long time for me in six months, you know, since then, since they, since they played in that, but, but uh, uh, but you got to give him total credit, and not any not everybody can do that. What he's done, it's it's hard. It, it it's very hard. Yes, from the outside, it looks like anybody can just do it, but it's not it's not as simple as that. And and the guys that are here that he's getting, that he's gotten, and that he's getting in this class, like already, I mean, and they're winning, and and they're winning, and 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 as as um, I thought I thought the biggest thing was early in the year. Randolph last year, when um, he was playing in the stretch, he wasn't playing his All-American freshmen that he recruited. He was playing the older guys, like the big kid from Northwestern. Yeah. He 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 was playing. He wasn't worrying about keeping the five-star guys happy. He was he was playing to win, especially in some of those early season games. He was playing the older guys, and I thought that was a true telling sign of of, of John Shire on that. Josh. I'm telling you, Sean Stewart, who's an elite athlete, 
I, I, I recruited Sean Stewart. He's a stud. Yes, TJ Powers is a stud. I'm telling you, those two guys yes. are studs. And they and they were sitting and, and I'm watching. We're calling the game, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking like, did I miss something? Are they hurt? Not I mean. This was this was almost halfway into the second half. They didn't even get up. They didn't even take their warm ups off. I'm like, oh my god. But I understood Randolph, why. I understood. Randolph, I would have done cartwheels from Atlanta. <laughs> To either Florida for Sean Stewart or to up to Massachusetts for for TJ Powers. I mean that I know those guys are studs, man. Those wait, guys, wait, wait. They're, they're they're big time. So you're right for them not to even get off the bench until literally to the very. It's credit to John Shire on that. Hold the phone. Can it's, you it, do cartwheels? Can Josh Pastor do cartwheels? For a recruit for a really good player, I can. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You can. Hey, hey, we gotta go. Last point wait, on wait, wait. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say okay. to his point about recruiting, since not, and he hasn't done this alone, but since Shire has been there since 2014, they've had a top three class since 2014. And he hadn't done it alone, but him being there now, and, and, he, and he's doing it his way. I mean, yeah. the integration of staff and coaches and things like that, we, you know, we talk about Lucas being there who's not a Duke grad. I mean, he's, he's got his fingerprints all over this thing, and it's and thriving. All right, let's go from one blue blood to another. After an impressive season opener win, albeit against New Mexico State, but DJ Wagner, Robert Dillingham, Reed Shepard, they looked good and for Big Blue Nation. Kentucky. Kentucky. Is this a reaction or overreaction, Josh Pastner? John Calipari no. has a top has a top 15 caliber team. Top 15 team. I, I think Kentucky is going to be really good this year. Um, I do think they're young. They're still young, as Randolph mentioned about Duke. I mean, Kentucky still have got a, still has a lot of youth. But I really think Coach Calipari, John Calipari, has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, look, there's no denying that, you know, people have been on them for the last couple of years on where they finished. And, and you know, Coach is a type of guy. I work for him. I know him. He, you know, when when he's when he's got something like that edge, you know, you know, when he's got something to prove. And and obviously, look, he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have anything to prove as it is. But but in his mind, he's got something to prove. He's going to have that group as motivated to play. I think people are sleeping on Kentucky. I think they're going to be really good. I think the only thing would be if I was coach, could you know, obviously they've had some, they've had a couple injuries in the preseason. Um, but but more than that is the, is going to be the shooting is going to be the three point shooting the spacing on the floor because you got like Wagner I mean and it'll be interesting I mean he's an elite talent big time big time player um, but you know when you get to college you know teams are going to really load up and and shrink the floor and there is not the NBA rules where you can have defensive three seconds because in the even in the EYBL. They they had you know they play NBA type of rules and different things teams can zone so guys like Wagner and those guys have got to going to have to make outside shots I think that's going to be a big thing but I think Kentucky's a I I don't think enough people are talking about Kentucky on the type of year that they potentially could have and really make a deep run they're as talented when you look at on paper as good as anyone in the country now they got to go out and produce but but talent wise and and I don't know the young they got the big kid from overseas they say how good he is i you know again he wasn't here didn't play in the states for his high school they say he's a stud so they've got a lot of a lot of 
you know, pieces that have a chance to make a real, you know, to go back to what Kentucky fans and what Coach Calipari's, their expectations are trying to get back to that Final Four. You better get them early. Reaction or, reaction or overreaction? Does John Calipari – You better get them early. They, they will be. They will be in the end. You better get them early because by February, this, this will be a team you don't want to play. All right. Let's move on. Reaction or overreaction? RC. Here we go. The Big East is the best conference in college basketball this year. I don't think that's an argument. I I, I don't think that's an argument uh, to start. They're just be they're so good. You got Marquette. You got Creighton. You know you're, you're talking about all these different teams. And then the one team I don't think everybody's talking about enough that I think will be the team that could win it is, is Villanova. I think Villanova is really freaking good. I, I I think they're really good. I mean, we know UConn. We know, I mean, Marquette, Creighton. I mean, they, 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 the, the league is loaded. But I think Villanova in the end will be as good as anybody. They may struggle early on, but by the time they get to the tournament, I, I, and I don't think they'll struggle early. I think they're just loaded. I think they'll be really, really good with the additions the additions that they have, uh, I expect them that they'll be a team to me that I think that, that I would be surprised if they won the Big East tournament. Like I'm high on the Wildcats, so I, I won't argue. Top the top half of that league is as good as there is in a, in, in, the, in college basketball. Without I don't even think you can debate that. Yeah, I think the Big East is obviously just from top to bottom, um, and just with the addition of Rick Pitino at St. John's, just adds a whole nother layer to the and, and who they signed in the portal and, and and all those good things i think a big key for the big east and, and john you know this better than than me for sure as where the power of the league is going to be because they again they've got some really good teams with creighton and 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 it's is randolph and villanova and of course marquette and you know i think georgetown and you know and all it's going to be um xavier and you know xavier with sean miller they had a heck of a year last year now they've had some injuries. They lost a couple guys, but if Xavier can stay really strong and and be in, in, and be that team that can be you know right there because they were you know they were a top twenty five team last year and so if they can stay at that, I just think it. I think Xavier makes is the make or break between the entire league and, and not not that not that um, um, uh, not the whole league from top to bottom isn't really good, but I just think Xavier makes them that whole next level. Uh, just, you know, I'm a big fan of, 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 of Sean's coaching and, and what they do there. So, um, you know, I just think, I think Xavier's a sleeper team. If, if, you know, to come back from the type of year that they had last year is going to be a big, big deal for the, for the big East. I think they're top heavy, John. I, I, I do have my concerns with the bottom of the league, the middle and the bottom of that league. I mean, because they're, they're with the injuries we talked about Xavier, we don't know where they're going to stand. We know they're really strong. The top four, they're, they're as good yeah. as any any league in the country. After that, we like St. John. I think that, that that's the next team. After that, I don't know. I think it's kind of, you know, I think Ed Cooley and Georgetown's figuring things out. You know, where does DePaul end up this year? You know, we'll see. Where does Seton Hall take a step? Do they take a step this year? Like, we'll see where it goes. I just think the, the top half of the league is as good as any any league in the country. But when you get past that, the middle to bottom half of that league, then then you're flipping a coin at that point. I've got. And I think a lot of. 
and I think I, and I think a lot of leagues are like that this year. Where there's some, you know, from maybe one to six, one to seven, one to five. There, and then you have, you know, then it's kind of jumbled after that. I think that's that's maybe a little bit of a storyline of college basketball potentially of a lot of the power leagues where it's like that. The top half is real strong, and maybe the bottom half is more a little more jumbled. Sorry about interrupting you there, John. Don't be sorry at all. The two rapid takes I would have on the Big East, just watching early action. Number one, I believe Creighton will win the Big East this year. And that's because I think that that backcourt trio of Stephen Ashworth, Baylor Shireman, and Trey Alexander is going to be as strong as any in America. And when you combine that with an elite rim protector and Ryan Kalkbrenner, that is big time. And Greg McDermott's as good of a technician as any in college basketball. The other one, UConn's better than I thought. And, and I don't know, I, I, I know they lost Adama Sonogo, Andre Jackson, and Jordan Hawkins. I know it's one game, but guys, I'm in love with Alex Caravan's game. And, and Donovan Klingon's only gotten better. And you have a five-star McDonald's All-American, Stefan Castle. The Huskies aren't going anywhere. Dan Hurley can repeat. It is on the table. It is absolutely on the table in stores. All right, last one here. Last reaction over reaction. Coach Passer. Michigan State can't, which I think I know where you're going with this, can't be seen as a national championship contender with the same issues that doomed them last year. And along those lines, the Big Ten has a March problem. Reaction or overreaction? Well, I think there's, I think, I I don't think there's a react, uh, an over. I think it's, I think for Michigan State is probably an overreaction. I think Michigan State, yes, I mean it was a tough loss. I mean there's no denying it. They they didn't. James Madison jumped on them from the start, and they just they just kept staying on top. And Michigan State did not play well. They just didn't play well. They weren't in rhythm. They weren't in sync. Um, they had some struggle scoring in some different areas. But look, Coach Izzo's been there before. I mean you guys know the deal. He's he's one of the best to ever do it. I mean. Um, they've been in this situation before where they've started a little bit, they've struggled early out of the gate, and then all of a sudden, you know, they they get hot, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're 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 making a run to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, etc. Secondly, um, now I will say this: the 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 concern part would be they they have a monster schedule, Michigan State in this non-conference, as Coach Izzo always plays it. And so that you don't want to you don't want the one loss from JMU to become two losses, three losses, four losses, and and to build on that. So you know they have a top five recruiting class that has come into this season. Guys like Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, Jeremy Fears. I mean Fears and Booker are two five star guys. Uh, but you know they have they had their whole team back from last year, other than Hauser, and I think Hauser is a big loss for them. Um, and so, and so, you know, cause of the shooting that he was able to have for, for the rest of the rest of the guys. So, but, you know, look, I, I just still think because of their depth at the guards, um, you know, I, I, they're, there's still a, a team that's going to compete in the end for, for a final four and for the, the, the whole, uh, national championship. And then your question about the big, the big 10 making a, a run, look, the Big Ten has had incredible success in non-conference play over the last three, four, five years. They have they have done their job in the non-conference. If you look at – and the reason their numbers are so strong going to the tournament is because, as you know, in the net rankings, it's so much about quad one. It's, everything's about quad one, maybe a little bit about quad two. But the Big Ten has done their job on beating teams. They're supposed to beat one 
in the past, and then two, uh, winning big-time games, which has allowed it when you get into conference, they have multiple quad one. They're all playing quad one, quad two against each other. So they get a lot of teams in the tournament. But once you get to that NCAA tournament, as I talked about earlier, it's a crapshoot. And they haven't had the success that I think everybody has expected them to have. And I think this is going to be a critical year for the Big Ten to have that success in the tournament because otherwise people are going to – that's going to be kind of the narrative. And, and so it is important for the Big Ten to, again, which I do believe they'll get a bunch of teams in, as they always have. And then and this Friday is a huge day because you got Texas A&M, Ohio State, you got yeah. Tennessee, Wisconsin. Like those, like those are huge games for the Big Ten, bro. For, for for non-conference, so you do so you take care of business, but you're gonna have to you've got to make advances because I th- Michigan State's the last team to win a national championship from the Big Ten was in 2000, and they're the last team to go to the Final Four from the Big Ten, which was in 19, and so you know. But I, let me last thing. If you guys remember Virginia, let me just say this about Purdue. Virginia lost that first round game versus uh, UMBC. Yeah, they kind of, very similar to Purdue. And the next year they come back. They they rallied around that whole deal and they win the national championship. I I, I can see Purdue doing the same thing. Those guards are going to become sophomores. They had the upset. It kind of maybe brings them together. They got the best player in the country and Zach Eady. Yeah. Uh, most dominant player, should I say, the most dominant player, and uh, they can could they do the same thing as Virginia? I think there's a real potential of that. Big Ten does have issues in the tournament. Michigan State does not. Let's just say that Michigan State doesn't have issues in March that, that with is, the Big yeah. Ten. And and the only thing I say differently about the Virginia comparison, and I do believe Purdue will bounce back and make a deep run. I, I really believe that those guys will respond, Lawyer and Smith will take a step and, and those guys will step up and get it done. But they don't have the NBA talent that that Virginia team had. That Virginia team had pros and NBA guys, and they just responded. But I do think that Zach Eady's dominant enough. I think the team, that they're, they're well-coached, incredibly well-coached. I think they'll take a step in rallying and do some damage in, in, the, uh, in the Big Ten tournament. But that league itself has not had a tremendous amount of success in it. All right, we're at... 11.59, which means the clock is about to strike midnight. But you all did the research all day long, so we're going to stay on a couple minutes after the hour here to go through this. We asked you guys the question, and if you're in the YouTube chat, drop in your all-college hoops starting five. This isn't necessarily an all-American first team because you can go the same position there. This is a position-by-position position starting five. Let's do it rapid fire. Let's start with URC. Give us your lineup and a little reasoning behind it. Well, I, I had – you see my lineup right there, you know. Uh, and if I had – if someone had taken Tyler Collick and, Collick and I had to switch up, my next point guard was going to be Tyrese Proctor. But I don't think you can argue with that. Filipowski playing the four. Zach Eady at the five. I, I mean, I like my chances. I like my chances of making a run with that squad. I do too. That's really good. Coach, <laughs> coach, give us your lineup. I had the same. I wish I was as good, as good looking as Randolph and as good of a player as Randolph because we think alike, but because I have the same guys, the only difference is I have uh, uh, Max, Max Asmus there. And um, as just because of his ability to score. Now this is new form playing at Texas. Now, you know, playing in the big mm-hmm. 12, 
uh, night in, night out. But um, uh, he will, you know, he's obviously a, uh, um, you know, he's had a tremendous college career to this point. But other other than that, I, and I think a real sleeper, we've talked about everyone else, is Terrence Shannon Jr. I think he's good enough to be Big Ten player of the year. I think he can flat out score. He's really good, averaged over 17 a game last season. Um, and, and he can put that ball in the basket. Uh, so, you know, I think he, he – I, I don't think he's probably getting talked enough about nationally uh, is, is Terrence Shannon Jr. Look, he's a bucket getter. He's a guy who can get you 25 on a, on a given night, and he gets up every day at 4.30 in the morning, has an insane training regimen, and he, he lifts Illinois. He, with him on your team, you got a shot against anybody. All right, I chose to be different from you guys because I want to just be different, a little contrary, and give some other guys some love. So here's my starting five, all right? Tyrese Proctor, who I went with, eight assists in the opener win for Duke. I'm all in on Jacoby Walter, guys. I mean, call it an overreaction, but I loved what that kid did last night for Baylor. I think he's got the NBA body, top five to ten pick. He is going to make a lot of money at the next level. I'm giving somebody some love, and that is Dylan Jones. He's the only player in Weber State history with at least 1,000 career points, 800 rebounds, 250 assists, and 100 steals. So, yes, I'm going to the land of Damian Lillard, and I'm going with Jones. Being a little bit different there. You like it? No, no, no. If, if, if I had made a second team, he was on my second team. Or And where I was going with it was because of Filipowski. I was kind of like, ah, he's been to four most of his college career than the five. But had I put Philip Proskett at the five, I had Jones in. And I also – you're talking about the young guys. Isaiah Collier at USC was – I found him. Close, he was, right? hard he was really good. He was really yeah. good the other day. I've got Caravan, Alex Caravan for UConn, guys. When I'm thinking about winning games, watch that kid play uh, more. Big time. I'm just, he's big time. He does everything. He is a dream for Dan Harling. Guy takes close to 1,000 shots a day. He comes off screens tremendously. And then I went with Umar Ballo to round things out. Big one for Ballo against Filipowski Friday night. That is going to be so much fun. You're right. Arizona Duke is the game of the year thus far. Clearly, that comes your way Friday night amongst the big slate. We'll recap the whole night with you on After Dark. Let's get to our toast of the night. Toast of the night. All right. Josh Pastner, your <laughs> first ever show on Field of 68. Who are you toasting tonight? Well, you know what? I'm gonna. I got to toast both. I'm gonna toast to uh, you, John, and you, Randolph. I, I want to uh, toast it to both of you guys. You guys have been outstanding. Want to toast it to Jeff Goodman as well, and and the and everyone at the field of '68 to give me the opportunity to come on. And uh, so, then um, my next toast will be more college basketball directly. But I felt the right thing to do on this first toast, even though I don't. I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. I'm toasting a nice lemonade to you. Um, non-alcoholic lemonade, by the way, um, uh, uh, to both of you guys for, for being great host to me and, and being great point guards tonight. RC, we love it, Coach. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers to you. Cheers, Coach. Welcome uh, to the family. I'm going to go with Bryant tonight because of, you know, just coming out tonight, obviously scored 140 points. That's hard to do. But – Everything that that program is going through, let's hope everything works out. I don't want to speak on it too much because it's just a legal situation right now. We'll see how that plans out. But for those young, those kids to rally and come out and perform well, without with the distractions going on, to Bryant. And to Bryant.
All right. I am going to go to Chicago, game that just went final. Chris Jans and Mississippi State are my toast of the night. And I'd like to think in Stark Vegas, they've got some of this. They've got to have some bourbon down there. <laughs> I'm not going to drink this tonight, but cheers to you, Stark Vegas, because I'm toasting to you. You know why? You just tell Arizona State under 60 points in the season over. Final score, Mississippi State 71, Arizona State 56. I mean, these could – first off, Mississippi State will, will be in the NCAA tournament. Arizona State could be. Bobby Hurley's always got a competitive team. And in the opener, no Tolu Smith, who's elite, no Shaq Moore, no Keyshawn Murphy, no problem. Mississippi State is really well coached. So credit to Coach Jans. He got a big night tonight from his guard, Trey Fort, who had – 21 points in the win. That's a great win for the Bulldogs to start their season in Chicago. Other shout-out, the Southern Jaguars. They ran UNLV off the floor tonight. Shout-out to Southern. That's a great win over the running Rebels. Good for you guys in what I would imagine is some sort of a bye game. Good for Southern to be able to take home a win. And, John, can I – before we go – I know we got to wrap up, but be, I wanted to give a, a, just a couple games to, talk, to look because everyone's talking about the Arizona – Duke game, of course, there's Ohio State and, and Texas A&M and Tennessee and Wisconsin this, this weekend. So those are some great games. But just a couple games to be on the lookout for. Tomorrow night, New Mexico plays St. Mary's. It's kind of an under-the-radar game. You know, New Mexico's, you know, with, with Richard Pitino playing St. Mary's, where a lot of people said this is the year St. Mary's going to, you know, be the best team in the WCC, even over Gonzaga. I think a sleepy, sneaky, good game tomorrow night as well. JMU, after beating Michigan State, is at Kent State. And, and I know it's not a top 25 ranked team, but Kent State is, with Rob Senderoff, is, they are hard-nosed playing team, well-coached. Can JMU, that's a, that's a high-level basketball game. It might not get the same recognition as Arizona Duke. High-level basketball game. I want to give you uh, just uh, two others. Bellarmine's at Kansas State on Friday. Um, you know, can Kansas State bounce back after the loss versus USC? Uh, Bellarmine, the way they move the ball, I mean, they, that thing doesn't hit the floor. The way they cut and move, they're so fun to watch. They're hard to play against. Interesting game for, for Kansas State. Last one, um, and, and Randolph will know this one. I think this is a sneaky good game Friday night in Asheville, North Carolina. Clemson's playing UAB. Uh, Brad Burnell Winning his coach in Clemson history, incredible basketball coach. He's been. He should have been. They should have had him into the NCAA tournament last year. Should have. They should have. They were good enough to be in. They should have been an at-large team. But this is a huge game. UAB is a tough team to play. The way they play, their zones like this. If if Clemson can win this game, that will be a good win down the road in March uh, when it comes down to tournament selection time. So big game for Clemson uh, in in Asheville. Bringing it strong. Yeah, he brought it, but they, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be really good. They're one of those teams I think ranked outside the top twenty-five. And I'm not Clemson, saying, you're that saying from an AC. Clemson. I, I yeah. think they're with the additions of Joe Girard and, and Jack Clark and those guys. I, I just like their young guys. I like their team. I think people's forgotten the fact for Clemson that they got Girard. I mean Girardi. I mean he the guy. I mean he the, he's a he's smaller, but he's a he, yeah. This is his fifth year. He's older. He can flat out put the ball in the basket. And as much as we talked about, like some of these other teams with these young guys, the guy, he's 24 years old. He's older. 
he's been around like like there's something to be said for that now in in college hoops and um i, I i'm i'm in agreement with you and would would uh, i think clemson is is a, is a sneaky good team for that's probably not a lot of people are talking about them because they're they're outside the top 25 but they could sneak up on teams and at the end of the day you got one of the best players in the acc and pj hall back and that's what you need you need superstar power hall is exactly that and coach pastner with the Scott Davenport drop. I mean, way to, way to bring us home tonight with Bellarmine playing Kansas State. I freaking love it, man. I love it's it. A sneaky good, it's a sneaky good game because they're hard, they're, they're hard to play against. They're hard to play, man. Like nobody – they're one of those teams that they're they going to – high major teams, even obviously after Louisville last year, you don't want to play them. Right. Early on, we were talking about why people, you know, wanting to play these – the top five, top ten matchups. You, people, people don't want to play the Bellamy's. They don't want to play some of the lower level teams you, 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 because you don't get enough practice and reps. Yep. All right. Before we get out of here, so coach, you you've been telling us that normally you're up late at night. Some you know back in the day you'd be up. You'd, you'd get up in the middle of the night. So like I always feel like when we get done with this show, I just played a game or something. Even though I'm far from a player, like I've got the adrenaline rush off the show. What's Josh Pastner about to do? Are you going to be able to go to bed in the next 10 minutes? What are you about to do? Well, because I'm probably so loud in my house, I have a two-year-old. I'm for sure I've woken him up. And I know when I get upstairs, my wife's going to be like, you take him. You wake him, you take him. So um, um, I'll, I'll probably be responsible for that. And then at some point I'll try to – but you're right. I'm all jacked up right now. It's like playing a game. It's like coaching a game, you know. And, uh, you know, you'll I'll have to kind of – uh, calm myself down and try to get some sleep, but I'm sure I'll have to be dealing with the two-year-old here in a little bit. Hey, hey John, that's why he likes recruiting on the road. Aside from getting players, <laughs> he's like he, he like getting on the road, getting some sleep. <laughs> hey, hey wait, listen, during because my two-year-old, I had him, you know, obviously two years ago, and it was, and I mean, and you know, you forget that age, and, and all of a sudden you're just, you know, it's it's like it, you're starting over again, and the lack of sleep and I remember I was telling like like in the like Paul Brazo at the ACC, hey, can you sk- any any extra games you can schedule us on the road? I'm I'll, we'll just we'll change our schedule, whatever you can do, because like Randolph said, man, you can to get yourself a good night's rest and you know so uh, yeah, you, and, and you forget those when you when you start over again, you forget about that. You're like holy Toledo, you know, and so there's they're, they're long there's. <laughs> But as I, told, um, as, as I remind myself, the days are long. The, the days are long, but the years do go by quick. So you, you just enjoy every day with it. Oh man, this was awesome for our producer oh, Trevor Valise, for Josh Pastner, and a fresh lemonade for Randolph Childress. I'm John Fanta, saying so long, everybody. If you want to give Jeff Goodman a call at 1 a.m. and channel your inner Pastner, <laughs> go for it. And we'll see you tomorrow night on the Field of 68 After Dark. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.